Welcome to another moment with Eric Fleming. This is Eric Fleming. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're stockpiling. Because I got to have an agree to disagree moment with a couple of African Americans I like. I got to agree to disagree with Toronto Burke. Y'all do not know that name. You should. Toronto Burke was the lady who actually created the Me Too movement and the Me Too hashtag. She's the one who started it. About sexual harassment. Um, of course, it took off two years ago in the light of the Harvey Weinstein um, indictments and allegations. Bill Cosby fell into that. A few other people. Uh, quite a few other people. Uh, one of them was this comedian Louis C.K. If y'all remember that show Louis on uh, Fox or FX uh, it was a pretty popular show uh, I mean I may I may have seen Louis C.K. perform once wasn't exactly, he wasn't one of those go-to guys I had to see but people claim he was outright hilarious so I mean I like Bill Barr better than I like Louis C.K. and they're all part of that same clique from what I understand. But anyway, um, Louis C.K. was one of those individuals who got caught up in the sexual harassment stuff. And Toronto Burke, you know, she was talking about other comedians that have, and I think she even kind of got into Dave Chappelle, who of course was not charged with sexual or accused of sexual harassment, but you know, he went into, if you've seen Sticks and Stones, uh, you'll cry laughing. And you'll cringe, it all depends on your political sensitivities, right? But he's David, that's Dave Chappelle, that's the man. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna push envelopes and push buttons. That's what he does, and he is flat out hilarious, and everybody knows that. But, he has some skits about, um, not just the LBG, LGBT community, because he did it live in Atlanta when he did the show, but um, talks about Michael Jackson and the allegations of child molestation. Now, obviously, Toronto Burke is one of those people who believe Michael Jackson actually did that to those kids. I have never believed that Michael Jackson did that to those kids because Michael was a kid. Yeah, he was in his 50s, you know, when he died. I think he was 50, right around 50 when he died. But it, it, if you if you watch Michael Jackson from afar, if you paid attention to all the stuff he was doing once he amassed all that money and all that fame, he was living the childhood he never got to live because he was when he was ten years old he was on top of the Billboard music charts. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know, his dad pushed him and his brothers to be the Jackson 5 and to eventually become the legacy that they were and especially Michael himself is one of the greatest entertainers of all time right um so Michael was living as a child so I cannot imagine a child molesting another child now it has happened I just can't imagine it even though it has happened. I've never seen it. 
right? You know, I've seen kids trying to emulate adults. And I guess in this day and time, we can say that sexual harassment or molestation or whatever, but the kids can't even say that, let alone know what they're doing. Um, and so that's why it's hard for me to believe that Michael Jackson really engaged in that. I just think that they were people who really took advantage of his generosity and his kindness and tried to make a quick buck off of it and didn't care um, how it would damage him psychologically or from his reputation. Um, and I think there were some people that realized how serious he, how hurtful that was. And they weren't able to convict my I'm just saying, guys, you know, it's like there are some people that, you know, go on this tangent. They say the same thing about Kobe Bryant. Here's my thing. Kobe stood before his accuser. Michael stood before his accuser. And they were acquitted. Now, if you have that mentality about Kobe and Michael, you can't turn around and say that OJ was innocent because you're acquitted of them. Because you're not buying the acquittals of these individuals. Right? They stood there trial. And and I stand my thing on this. Kobe Bryant cheated on his wife with a white girl. That's it. And the white girl wanted more than just to be the side chick. That's all that was. Was he whatever kind of sexual activity they got into, they got into. But it was he was cheating on his wife. That's what he was guilty of. And a jilted woman tried to make it work. Now, Bill Cosby, he was drugging women. And in court of law, they, they were able to substantiate two women out of 60, which is more than enough. If you can prove one, he did it to one, that's enough. And supposedly he did it to 60. Ain't nobody trying to defend Bill Cosby. I'm not trying to put Kobe Bryant and Michael Jackson in that company with Bill Cosby. But I can put Harvey Weinstein in that because Harvey Weinstein had more power than Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby had power. A lot of people don't realize how much power he had as a black entertainer. I mean, he had the number one show on television in the 80s. He was, he was on demand. I mean... He was charging $250,000 in the 80s to speak at commencements. That was double what Oprah was charging. <laughs> I mean, Bill Cosby was the man. I mean, they were writing scholarships to black colleges left and right. They were giving money away. They had so much money, right? But you know, when certain things started happening to Bill and his family, and it was like, Poof, the extramarital affair, people, because people have, because people are so fixated on what he was accused of doing and, and convicted of doing, people forget that he fathered a child outside of the marriage, right? Since he was the Cosby dad, right? Dr. Huxley. And, 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 uh, 
you know, and his son died. And I mean, it was just things you kept wondering, well, what's going on with this dude? Then you find out what was really going on with this dude. It was like, oh, wow. All right, so Toronto Burke doesn't want, if Bill Cosby managed, magically gets out of jail <laughs> before he dies, right? And he wants to go on the circuit. Then Toronto Burke's comments probably are appropriate to him. And I guess they're appropriate to Lewis C.K., but it was kind of like, okay, so if Lewis C.K., this is Toronto Burke's argument. She was saying that if he's going to come back, that he needs to get right with his victim and, and do this and do that. But Lewis C.K. has said publicly he never wants to see that woman ever again in life, ever family, dogs, cat, anything associated with her, he doesn't want to be around her. You know? Now, he did the mayor copa, he did the apology and all that kind of stuff, but it's obvious he ain't really cool with that, that girl. He ain't, he said his apologies, but that's it. So Toronto Burke is kind of like, well, if he hasn't really reached out to her or done all this and then you know, he's got to kind of say some things that make me feel like, look, Toronto, if you don't want to listen to Louis C.K. ever again, that's fine. You will not be alone. I've got friends that don't ever want to listen to an R. Kelly song ever again in life. I get that. That's fine. If you don't want to do that, I mean, I got a Facebook friend. She's like, she's on social media and stuff. She's like, R. Kelly, nothing. she got the right to do that. I mean, she's got a hashtag mute R. Kelly, right? You know what I'm talking about. But it's kind of like if them radio stations want to play that song, they not necessarily running it by her and saying, hey, is it all right we play it? They, if they want to run R. Kelly song, they're going to run it. Right? If R. Kelly gets convicted or acquitted, Let's just say he's been acquitted once. Let's be real. He's been acquitted once. If he gets out of this trial, which I'm having a whole lot of faith in the justice system in Illinois, but nonetheless, if he if he gets acquitted on this, he doesn't owe you or anybody else anything. He went before the justice system, this would have been a second time. And he and if he walks away, he walks away for a second time. Only God knows the truth of anything when anybody does anything. But in a court of law, if you're allowed to have a competent defense, competent defense's job is to create doubt, reasonable doubt, that this person did what you accused him of doing. Now, in the case of Louis C.K. and some of these other comedians, if, if, if Toronto wants to be, Ms. Berkshire wants to be the police for, <clears throat> good luck on that. Because comedians are going to push, especially the successful, they're going to push the envelope. Now, <clears throat> it's one thing for them to talk about people. It's another thing for them to actually commit crimes and all that. They're not committing crimes. They're they're the 
the ultimate free speech provocateurs, right? These guys are going to push the envelope, okay? So, I, I think Toronto, that was one of those where you kind of feeling yourself a little bit, how important you are, which is fine because you should be recognized for how important you are. Sexual harassment, sexual assault is not cool, right? And and actually, sexual assault is a crime. <laughs> so it's, it's beyond not being cool. It's a crime, okay? So it's like nobody's trying to condone or justify any of that. Do not misconstrue that. What I am saying is I think all of us have a place. All of us have a space where we can criticize. But we also have to recognize that other people have a space for redemption. And and how they want to be portrayed. If they are awkward in coming back, they're awkward. If they are successful in coming back, they're successful. But it really ain't our place to do it. You did your job by giving people the courage to go after people like that when they cross the line. Right? And you have changed many, many landscapes in the entertainment world because of that movement. And it was needed. You get that? If we could have just got the President of the United States before he got elected, that'd have been great too, nonetheless. Right? But, I mean, it was because of your Me Too movement that a woman who had been harassed, women who had been harassed by Donald Trump had the courage to come out. Old white women. Right? I mean, you know, and usually in their culture, they're told to keep that quiet. It's like, don't be an embarrassment. Right? But you, Ms. Burke, gave them the courage. So I'm not trying to down you, sister. But I do think that redemption is not your your job. I think that how these people want to make their comeback, how these people want to address what's happened to them, that's the walk they have to take. Your part of the journey was that you gave people the courage to address something they were doing wrong. But redemption doesn't go through you. And I want you to still be that voice. I want you to still be that leader for women that they need to be that role model that you have been that you have become for women. That is awesome. But just understand, redemption does not go through. Whatever their religious, spiritual, philosophical walk toward redemption, whatever they think they need to do, that's their journey. And they they already have a mindset that you're not their fan. Right? So what you say to them, if you see them creating an environment that's counterproductive to the movement you're trying to do, I get being vocal about that. But for their personal redemption, I'm sorry my friend, that's that's not you. Okay? You good? Alright. So I'm gonna disagree with my other black person. Um 
on the other side of the break. And so, the other black person I need to disagree with on this beautiful day is LeBron James. Yeah, so, let me start it off by saying this. Don't say somebody doesn't understand a situation and you don't quite seem to understand the situation yourself, right? So, we talked about this guy, uh, Motley, Morley, whatever, that's the GM for the um, Dallas Mavericks, right? Um, I mean, uh, Dallas Mavericks, oh my God. The uh, Houston Rockets, I got Dallas on my mind, refused. So anyway, Houston Rockets. He was a gentleman that, in seven words, basically pissed off the People's Republic of China by expressing support to um, the protesters in Hong Kong who are against Chinese annihilation of free thought, right? And, uh, you know, and I've, I've expressed my opinion about that, and I... And, and I defended the general manager of the Rockets saying that and commended Adam Silver for standing up for his employee, basically. Um, by saying, yeah, freedom of speech, this is what we do, right? Well, LeBron obviously doesn't listen to my podcast, nor does he really listen to a lot of opinion heads, talking heads like me, or... He didn't really pay attention to what Adam really said because, and I don't know, you know, and it was like, it was, they had Bakari Sellers and Angela Ryan, April Ryan, and they were acting like the, they were trying to be like the spin doctors and the emergency squad for LeBron, basically saying, yeah, he kind of misspoke, even though. None of them officially talked to him or whatever. They, they can't read his mind. But they were saying, yeah, you're going to have to, brother, you're going to have to clean that up. It's basically was the chorus from those three black people who I respect greatly, right? But I ain't going to tell him to walk it back. I'm going to tell him he was wrong. I disagree with you, man. That white dude, that white, let's just be right. That white dude knew what he was talking about. What he may not have understood, and if that's what LeBron was trying to say, then that's where Bakari and Angela and April are right, that he misspoke, that he didn't understand, and I addressed that. He didn't think that the People's Republic of China would pay attention to his Twitter page. He's just the general manager of an NBA team. What the hell is... He's not a political leader by any stretch of the imagination, but he, he has a leadership role within a league that is popular in China. But he, he ain't out there in the car. Not unless he makes a blockbuster trade that's either stupid or great, right? He ain't, nobody really cares. He, he doesn't mind. Anybody care about my Twitter page. 
And so if LeBron was saying he misunderstood the impact that he had, okay, you're probably right about that. But to imply that he didn't understand the political dynamics of people wanting to be free from oppression? Dude, you have been protesting about black people in the United States being oppressed. You were wearing I Can't Breathe t-shirts. Because people were trying to give you credit for it and Derrick Rose reward first, but I, I, you wore the shirt. So you under, you you should understand oppression when you see it, right? Because you live in America, right? But nonetheless. You know, and and I mean, you 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 doing stuff, you building schools, and you're and you're doing scholarships, and you're and you're and you're you're speaking out on. I mean, you spoke out on Trayvon. You you wore a hoodie after Trayvon Martin died. You got the whole team to wear a hoodie. You from Ohio, but you had the whole Miami Heat wearing hoodies. Yeah, so we. We know your heart. What we're trying to figure out is, are you worried that Space Jam is going to be, Space Jam 2 is going to be boycotted if you took a stand with your boss, at Adam Silver, at the NBA, about freedom of speech? Ain't nobody even factored that in. Nobody's been factored. You do know LeBron moved, LeBron's got a movie coming out. You know LeBron is an entertainment mogul now. He has TV shows. So he's got to do that song and dance like South Park and Comedy Central has to do and a whole lot of other entertainment things in to do that they got to make products because they want the Chinese market to buy into the TV shows and the products. Then they got to make sure that it's meets their standards, right? For those shows who don't care, that's why they're on HBO and Netflix and all that. They, they don't care. Netflix that really doesn't care about China. That's a whole other conversation. But ain't nobody factored in that LeBron's comments may have been more LeBron the entertainment mogul as opposed to LeBron the NBA player trying to be a good neighbor with a country they want the NBA to expand it. Right? Market-wise, anyway. I'm just throwing it out there because of all the people and people wanted LeBron to say something because even though they talk about Steph Curry and Steph Curry was just kind of like, hey, you know, I'm just trying to prove y'all wrong that y'all think we ain't going to win no more championships. So he, he just said, that's really my focus right now. Y'all, y'all done wrote us off and forgot about us and, you know, we've been to the finals last three, four years, and you know, <laughs> I'm just we. Now nah, I was like, you think we just we just? I, I'm more concerned about that than I am about what people say, right? But LeBron is that guy, and um, you know, there's some people that. You know, are trying to compare him to Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and as far as being like outspoken athletes and 
And then there's other people comparing with Michael Jordan and and other athletes that really weren't getting into that social conscious thing. You know? Um So as long as they don't start comparing them to the OJ Simpsons, the OJ Star Wars, right? That's a whole nother deal. But anyway, bro, I, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong to try to put that white man under the bus. You know, somebody even threw out a theory that maybe he's mad at this guy for the way that he treated Carmelo. I'm like, I don't know if LeBron really cares about Carmelo that much. I don't know if they really, they, they had never even played together on a team other than the Olympics. I'm just saying. I, You know, I think LeBron is thinking as an entertainment mogul. I think he's thinking of his brand, his enterprises, down the road. But I tell you where he's not going to be popular, Hong Kong. And, of course, you know, in Hong Kong, it ain't like the United States where, well, yeah, we're going to burn his jersey, the team that he's currently with, or the team that he just left. So, you know, the Cleveland folks all burn the Cleveland jerseys and, you know, and Miami folks burn the Miami jerseys and all that kind of stuff, right? The purging. But this is China. So they got all the jerseys. So they burned the, the Cavaliers jersey, the Lakers jersey, the the Heat jersey, the All-Star. They were burning every any jersey, that the Olympic jersey, everything that had LeBron James on it. They were burning it. They probably got bootleg Space Jam 2 jerseys already, and they burned those. <laughs> I mean, they make all those jerseys pretty much in China. I'm just saying. They had a lot of access, especially Hong They had a lot of access to the jerseys. So it wasn't just like Lakers purple and gold on fire. It was like the, whatever that kind of red crimson or where it is and yellow that Cleveland had and Miami with their red and black. Yeah. They were burning all your jerseys, bro. Because these are people who are fighting for their freedom. And uh, it might be more important for you and your family to have Taco Tuesdays unimpeded which is ironic, because that's what he should have done. Instead of, like, say, well, what he said, I don't know, but it's Taco Tuesday. If he had done that, LeBron James, they wouldn't be burning his jerseys right now. But he, he didn't do that on Taco Tuesday. He it was a manic Monday when he said that. I don't know, but he he didn't seem as though he appreciated the struggle. He was talking about how freedom of speech. He was basically giving the Spider-Man speech. With great power comes great responsibility when it comes to freedom of speech and all that. And he's right. But dude. When you're an important black man. And, and, and the more important white people have given you cover already and y'all supposed to be on the same page 
Yeah, you, you can't throw nobody under the bus, bro. Can't. Uh-uh. Now, you know, they were saying quite the opposite. And you were like, hey, I'm down with these folks' freedom. I don't know what my bosses are talking about. Okay. But when they talking about freedom and you talking about we need the company line, dude, the company line is freedom of speech. With no repercussions. See, you were talking about, well, you know, he he's got the right, but he's got to be responsible with it. The NBA said, told a country. The country came to the NBA and said, we want that man fired. The NBA said, that's not your job. That's not your place. We're sorry if he offended you, but that's all you getting from us. That's it. We're not taking any action on this guy for doing something that in this country he can do. LeBron, you kind of... So the folks in Hong Kong, the, the, the protesters ain't taking no chances. They like, yeah, he didn't sound like he was down with us, so screw LeBron James. And if you're going to do something in China, I understand you have access to Shanghai and Beijing and all that because you're LeBron James, but if you're really going to do something in China, Hong Kong is probably the place you're going to do it. And the young folks are out in the street, but the old folks are with them. Let's be clear, right? Because cultures do things differently, right? So in the United States, if young folks are protesting, old folks are like, ah, they making too much noise. But that's not how it is in Hong Kong. Hong Kong, there are people in Hong Kong who are survivors of Tiananmen Square. And they moved to Hong Kong so they could be free. You understand? And still be Chinese in their comfort. Some have gone to Taiwan. But the ones that didn't want to go that far, they went to Hong Kong. Some of these people protesting are their kids and grandkids. Right? So the old folks aren't out there running around with scarves on their face and all that stuff. But they down with these young people. Because if these young people are successful, the Hong Kong is still rock and roll like it's been doing. Even especially when they were under British rule. And the main reason why China ain't really messed with Hong Kong so much, they've been gradually trying, slowly trying, is because Hong Kong rock and rolls. They're the economic engine of China. They're the capitalist outlet. If you want to invest, these are the people. These are the people that really make it so President Yi and all the rest of these folks can play these economic games with the United States and every other country. Hong Kong. And then Shanghai is second. Shanghai is more official because it's in the People's Republic as opposed to Hong Kong, which is an extension of the People's Republic. Yeah. So, I'm just saying, LeBron, I don't think you have a total grasp of 
Chinese politics, history, geo, you know, geopolitics even. I don't know if you've got a grasp on that. You should. Because you're, you're, you're basically a B&L athlete. And last time I checked, Tiger Woods is still affiliated with Nike in some kind of way. Probably should have called him. Hey, man. How you deal with these Chinese folk? What's going on with that? That's why Nike builds this stable of athletes. And and the two richest athletes, three richest athletes of all time, are affiliated with the brand. You, Michael Jordan, and Tiger Woods. Now, Mike, Mike probably told you you want to stay away from it because that's what Mike does. He's he's apolitical, very much so. One of the greatest basketball players of all time, but. <laughs> Politics, no sir. I mean, one of his famous quotes is Republicans wear gym shoes too. Right? So, but Tiger, he's a little smoother on that. He's political and he really ain't. And he's actually Korean. So even though Korea is a totally a different culture than China, it's they understand each other a little better than say us Americans. Right? From the Midwest. So I'm just saying. I think um this is one where you should have reached out a little more. Uh I guess you kind of thought about it. I guess you kind of ran it by your folks. You did have like a 16-hour plane ride. You did kind of see stuff go down. I'm, you know, I understand you like to play, but, hey, I don't care if I'm worth $2 billion. If I get a free trip to China, I'm taking it. And, and I ain't got to work? If they had said cancel the game, oh, that would have been perfect. You know? And especially in a position where you could hang out with your teammates and not really worry about all those stuff. Man, man. But, you know, that's just me. <laughs> you know, you wanted to play. I get it. You wanted to entertain the fans there. I get it. It's great. I could have cared less. Especially when the government that's supposed to be hosting us is pissed off at us and treating us like shit. I'm just saying, sir. Just saying. I think you're another brother that's doing tremendous things. And people need to be aware of all of the stuff that you are doing. How you've been very vocal as compared to other athletes of your stature addressing the issues of our time especially on the criminal justice front you are to be commended for that can't nobody take that away from you please do not shirk away from that because that's using that first amendment right right but I don't think I think the best response would have been the commissioner has addressed it and you did say the higher-ups are going to handle it. 
So you should have just said, look, the higher-ups are handling it. My job is to play basketball at the highest level so that no matter what happens, people all over the globe want to be a part of the NBA. Because it's more than just comments and personalities. It's about the talent on the court. That's what that's what sells the NBA. Not whether we ascribe to a political philosophy or not. If he had said that and shut it down right then, I want to talk about basketball now. That'd been it. Now his jersey would have been burned, all that kind of stuff. I Because it would have been a mystery. But the way he handled that. He probably pissed off the people that believed him in the most. As more than just a basketball player. So. That's that bro. You know. Do your thing. Have fun with your new playmate with Anthony Davis. And. I think you got somebody else that's pretty good. I forget. I gotta, I gotta pay attention to the rosters because so many teams have changed. But um, yeah, I have to disagree with you on how you handled that one, boss. That was, and I I can't remember the boy's name, and I just said his name last week, but the Morley or something like that. But <sighs> shouldn't have thrown him under the bus. Adam Silver didn't throw him under the bus. You shouldn't have thrown him under the bus. I'm telling you, brother, if some go down, they done mark that down. And if they got a chance to throw you under that bus, I mean, you got, got some of the Republicans kind of jabbing at you already. And we just have to remind them, why don't y'all say something about that orange dude? <laughs> That's the president. Why don't y'all say something about him? Oh, no, nah, don't be talking about LeBron James. Uh-uh, that ain't you. You, you ain't got nothing to say. You got that orange dude in office. That's that's how we handling your us now. But since it's me and you talking right now, bro. Yeah. They can't talk about you, but we family. Love you. But you shouldn't have thrown that man under the bus. All right. That's all the angst I have at this point. Until next time. For listening to the podcast A Moment with Eric Fleming. If you are not a subscriber, please go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify and subscribe now. We would love to have you join the A Moment with Eric Fleming family.